The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, Season 4. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it Congratulate them, we know they doubted Somehow we made it up out the pit Back against the wall, never quit Traversing through each obstacle Show a non-believer what's possible Let nothing they could do stand In between me and my wildest dreams Let's go and that come at us could come in between Life gave me the worst Yet my side grew so green We've been down in the dirt Been tossed in the trash But I never strayed from my path When we're gone we looking back maybe we were all way too high maybe that's our fault it's gonna be a crazy time but it's gonna be a fun time life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box your destination for both some feel good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice all right all right all right we are taking you into the final feel good friday of the month of september Seth Wilcock, Nate Polvo, as always, back here with you guys on Friday. Today, we're going to help you prepare for week four, a pivotal, pivotal week of the fantasy football season. Today on the show, we have our Thursday night recap. What's the latest on Tua after a gruesome injury last night? T. Higgins versus Jamar Chase. Who do you want moving forward? We're also going to answer your start-sit questions with a special guest here later on, so make sure you're dropping those in the comments if you're listening live here on YouTube. And then, as always, we have our short thing, Sleepers of the Week. We have some big injury news coming our way as we speak. CMC questionable. Amon Ross St. Brown out this week, so you're going to need pivot plays. Nate and I are going to have those for you. Nate, I want to keep the vibes high today. It is Feel Good Friday, man, but I think we would be remiss if we did not send our well wishes to the state of Florida. It's been a crazy couple days to those folks down there. It really has been, and you hate to see it, and it's just so sad, the devastation and the destruction. The people of Florida, though, are resilient. They get through these things. It's not the worst hurricane they've ever had. Still awful, but we've all got their backs, and they know that, and this whole country has their back. Absolutely. We are going to keep them in our thoughts and our prayers over the weekend. Um, everyone who, who's been affected by it, please, please, we, we hope uh, for a quick and, and easy recovery for you guys. Um, but Nate, we do have fantasy football to talk about today. And today we have some really fun guests coming on to feel that Good Friday vibes with us today, my friend. We do, man. I'm very excited for these guests. We've got Jorge Martin coming on in about 10 minutes for the start sits. And we've got Eric Romoff at Fantasy Nav on Twitter. You know him from Pros with Joes. He's going to be on at about 12.15, Eastern. We're going to do some short thing sleepers. Absolutely. Well, Nate, let's go ahead and jump into last night's Thursday night football recap. It was a wild one up in Cincinnati. Pretty even game. Both, both teams, they put up over 370 offensive yards. A couple of big plays for both of them. But a clean game for Cincinnati. I think that was the difference here. One sack on the night for Joe Burrow. He'd been getting pummeled all season long. That was finally a good performance from their offensive line and pass pro. So good to see that. Um, No turnovers for Joe Burrow or the Bengals as well. So that was great to see as well. Um, And then Dolphins, man. Tua, he goes out in the second quarter. I don't think we can bury this lead anymore, Nate. Very scary sight on our hands there. Mina Kimes called what she called it on Twitter a fencing response, where you, you kind of saw his fingers do something weird. Very strange uh, sight there, but a fencing response is what stems from a traumatic brain injury. Um, so he was moved to the hospital, and he was able to to access all his lower extremities. Um, he was released, 
So good vibes there for two and eight, but it was a scary sight, my friend. Well, I think that um, it's this is going to force a conversation about concussion protocol in the league. It's clear Tua should not have been on the field. Four days removed from an obvious head injury that the team played off his back and ankle when we watched him stumble on the field. And then he came back out and played. This kind of stuff is scary and it's not to be messed with. And I get these guys want to win games. I understand that. They're athletes. They're competitive. But at a certain point, you have to wonder with Tua, he's got to sit three, four weeks, right? At this point, like you can't bring him back in at this point next week. Yeah, and that's what our guy Deepak Chona is saying on Twitter, the guy who we get all of our fantasy medical information from. He says, thank goodness Tua is conscious and moving extremities. I guess it's a, a two to four weeks worth of concussion protocol call, and then he's back, but TBD. So Deepak's going to keep us up to date there, Nate, but it looks like probably for about the next two weeks to a month, we're probably not going to see Tua. Um, and, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, he stepped in as a professional, as always, uh, as always that, that Teddy does. He stepped in for a, a pretty great effort from him. 14 of 23 through the air, 193 yards, one interception, one touchdown for Teddy. So it was an okay performance from him. Tyree Kale, he got going again, 10 for 160. Got the best of Eli Apple at times. Um, so are you concerned with Tyree Kale or Jalen Waddle over the next couple of weeks? Waddle only two for 39 last night. Kind of a disappointing performance from him. No, um, they didn't just, they're not going to all of a sudden turn into a running team. Uh, they're not going to run the ball more. They don't really have the backs to do that. They're still going to spread the ball out. We've seen Bridgewater be effective in the past. He didn't look great in Denver last season, sure. But I feel like he's one of these guys like Case Keenum, where he's really good for that like four to five game stretch when you really need him to be good. But if you're going to rely on the guy season long, it's never going to hold up. These next three to four weeks, I think Miami's fine. I think Bridgewater's even possibly a quarterback you could stream a couple of weeks in super flex. Absolutely. Absolutely. Scott Fishbore, a couple of those super flex leagues yeah. you guys are playing in. Look out for Teddy Bridgewater. Kind of the way I look at it for Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle, like Tyreek is still probably a low end number one wide receiver to me these next couple weeks. Jalen Waddle goes back to maybe like a wide receiver 16 through 18, but they're both in your lineups every single sure. week. If you haven't dropped Mike Kosicki yet, I think yes. the time is now. He went two for 23 this this last night. Um Tough go for him, but you know he's just not seeing the 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 route involvement, the the route participation we want. We're seeing like River Craycraft run a lot of routes while Gasicki's kind of staying black back as a blocker occasionally. Nate, so I think it is safe to move on from the former uh, former Penn State Nittany line there. Yeah, and it, we're seeing exactly what we thought we were going to see when he was being more. They were working on his blocking so heavily in training camp. A lot of us didn't want to believe that he was going to be taken out of the passing attack, Absolutely. but he, he has been, and now it's time to adjust, and you got to let him go. Okay. And what about Chase Edmonds here? It was very interesting for him. He did not see most of the, the, the carries. He only had seven touches for 20 yards, but he did score a touchdown, which is almost reverse of last year. Last year, he had a ton of touches, but he was getting sniped by James Conner consistently. And then Raheem Mostert, he comes in, adds 15 for 69 on the ground, two for 12. Through the air, so his best performance on a points per reception basis last night. What do you do with these Miami running backs, Nate? If you have them, well, you shouldn't have had them in the first place. But if you do, you got to move them. Chasemans has value when he scores a touchdown. He hasn't eclipsed thirty-three yards. His, his highest rushing output is thirty-three yards this season. Thirty-three. We're seeing some targets in the passing game, but. He had four catches week one against New England, and he's had one catch, one catch, and two catches. There isn't enough volume for Edmonds or for any of these backs for them to be fantasy relevant right now, unless you're in a pinch. I mean, if, if you're looking at 
you've got DeAndre Swift and you have no one else to pick up. Jamal Williams is gone. Maybe you go grab Carter and you play him next week. But it, that's a – you have to be real desperate. Yeah, I mean, these are guys like the running back cores are thin in most fantasy teams, so they're probably guys that are hanging on towards the end of your bench. But, yeah, you don't feel great about starting either one of them. Moster is probably seeing more volume moving forward, while Edmonds has probably more touchdown equity. Um, so difficult situation there. I, I don't think Chase Edmonds is what a lot of people thought he was going to be coming into the season. There was a lot of hype on him around August, and, and his ADP was going through the roof, and uh, I don't think he's going to pay off this season. So basically, I think our best advice here, Nate, is hold them until they have a blow-up game and then try to move them as quickly yep. as possible. That's about all you can do in a situation like this. Nate, let's move forward to the Bengals here. It was good to see Joey Burrow stay clean in this one, stay upright. He goes 20 for 31, 287 yards for Joe Burrow, two touchdowns on the night as well. He had a late one there to Hayden Hurst. I know a lot of people were were sweating out some different bets, and uh, and that cashed in for him. So congratulations on that. But I think the biggest thing with Joe Burrow is like the efficiency is just down. He was the most accurate quarterback in the league last year, over a 70% completion rate, and that's just gone. And I think we kind of knew in a way that maybe this could happen, that that the efficiency was going to go down because it was so through the roof last year. But I think Joe Burrow still in a time where 20 PPR points from your quarterback is kind of hard to get right now, especially that second tier. He's still a top 10 guy for me rest of the season here, Nate. He is, and this line's improving. They seem to be playing a little bit better together. They they were putrid through the first three games. They actually protected Burrow this week, though. And the more time he has and the more comfortable he is in the pocket, if he's not seeing ghosts all the time, I think he goes back to his close to his previous, previous efficiency from last season. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. Yep. I completely agree with you there, Nate. Joe Mixon, though, he has also been terribly inefficient this season as well. 17.4 PPR points for him last night. However, 24 carries, added four more receptions and targets through the air, but he totaled 64 yards on 28 touches. So it has been anemically bad for Joe Mixon here. He did have a good performance, and he's seeing more volume than almost any RB in the league. What do you do with Mixon here, Nate? Because there's not RBs getting that volume, but he's just so inefficient with it. Well, I think that Joe Mixon is playing this season like we expected him to play last season. So we've got to kind of figure out which one is the outlier here. And it kind of is starting to feel like last season was the outlier. This is a team that's going to throw the ball more than they did. And Mixon just isn't as efficient. I, I mean, if he, I think you've got to look at, wait for him to have one big game and then move him. Yeah, I, it's tough. I, I think he's definitely a hold. I, I agree with you. Like, you can't move him right now because there there should be better days ahead if you're getting 28 touches as a running back. That's fantastic. We didn't see a lot of Samaj P. Ryan last night. Um, he is he is top of the league in targets for running backs as well. So difficult situation with Mixon. I think you hold him here, like Nate said. If he does have a blow up game, consider moving him. But like, there's only probably five running backs that I'd rather have still over Joe Mixon at this point. Nate, we've kind of touched on him earlier in the week, but it's your CMCs, your Jonathan Taylors. Um, your Nick Chubbs, maybe like, like there isn't a whole lot of, uh, running backs right now that are super, super valuable moving forward. Well, that's a fair point. It's just hard with mixing because you're looking at 2.73 yards per carry. That's, has a, that's has anemic. Average, I know has an average over three yards per carry. It is unbelievable for Mixon. Hopefully the tides turn. We saw the offensive line get themselves better in pass pro last night. So maybe their rushing protection gets a little better and Joe Mixon can have some more efficient games um, this season. 
So let's talk about the receivers in this one because this is really kind of where I, I think it's very interesting to talk about. Jamar Chase, he goes four for 81 on six targets. Solid night for him. It, you know, not what you wanted, um, but it, it gets the job done at the end of the day. T. Higgins, though, he has the explosive game here, Nate. Seven for 124 and one for the guy out of Clemson there. Nine targets for him. Basically, this season, the way you can look at it, T. Higgins has scored 63.5 PPR points. Jamar Chase has scored one more, just one more point than that. And keep in mind that T. Higgins is almost knocked out for a full game in week one and then also missed some time in week three with a head injury as well. So uh, kind of crazy to think about here, Nate. Um, they're both averaging about 16 PPR points in a week, but 44.8% of them came for Jamar Chase in week one when he had 16 targets because of no T. Higgins. So uh, what do you do here with T Higgins with Jamar Chase is this just you know they're going to bounce Chase is going to bounce back for you you think uh, Chase is definitely going to bounce back but they're trying to figure out now because teams are starting teams got wise to Chase okay yes so he's drawing the marquee coverage on pretty much every snap he's on the field if he's running a route he's being laser focused on they've had someone shadowing safeties are paying more attention to him Chase is going to have a harder time getting open, but what we're going to see happen as we go on and Higgins continues to do what he does, teams aren't going to be able to do that to Jamar Chase anymore. It's going to open both of them up. When you have two receivers like this, you're going to end up getting both of them to break out and be just fine because teams are the, Chase isn't going to continue to draw this kind of coverage all season because Higgins well, will just beat teams left and right. And it was interesting because last night they actually put Xavier Howard, the number one cornerback, on Higgins. So yes. he had the number one cornerback, but on the other side of the field, Chase was consistently in double coverage almost yes. every single play. So I don't think there'll be as many good cornerbacks out there as Xavier and Howard that, that can just shadow Higgins and, and leave Chase on the other side. But it's going to be interesting here. If you drafted T. Higgins, congratulations. Hats off to you. Like you got a very good discount here. Don't panic on Jamar Chase. And we have a question yeah, here from Albert in the chat. Should I be buying low on Jamar Chase? Absolutely. 100%. If there is an... If there's a manager who has Jamar Chase in your league, I would absolutely approach them because he is still, at the end of the day, in my opinion, a top five to top six fantasy uh, points per game wide receiver the rest of the way here, Nate. Yep, I agree. All right. Well, it was a fun game. It, it was a sad game in a lot of ways, um, but but we will move forward here on to our next segment here. We're going to go ahead and talk some fantasy football week four start sits. Let's go ahead and jump into that, and then we'll bring our guests right on. Who you got? got? Matchup management. Who's it gonna be? Who's it gonna be, Nate? That's what we're gonna tell our listeners and our viewers today. Who's it gonna be here for week four? And to help us out, we're bringing in a very special guest. And this is someone who I consider a student or a teacher of the game. This guy has so much insights from the NFL. It is absolutely ridiculous. I had the pleasure of walking around the Hall of Fame with him a couple of months ago, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and I just soaked it all up, honestly. It was one of the coolest experiences to meet someone who had so much knowledge about the history of the game and continues to be a big, big part of it. Guys, let's go ahead and welcome in from Familia FFB, Jorge the man, Martin. What's oh up, my Jorge? What's mis up, amigos, buddy? mis amigos. Thank you for having me. This is awesome, man. It was oh, just such a such a pleasure to hang out with both of you. Uh, I, so many, so many friends, and uh, I mean, people that I've only met 
this way and just be able to enjoy that. I, I love the Hall of Fame. Gosh, I mean, uh, Seth, just uh, thank you for not calling me old. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, it was. I, I do specifically remember we were looking at that uh, that picture of Kellen Winslow where he's like draped over. He's getting he's getting pulled off the the field by two of his teammates, and I'm like, yeah, I watched that game. That's before before Buffalo KC. That was the greatest game I'd ever seen. So uh, just uh, incredible. But yeah, what a what a great time. What a, oh, thank you so much for having me. We just had so much fun. It should have been illegal. I agree, man. It should have been illegal, Jorge. How are you doing so far this season, my friend? How are you doing heading into week four? Big week for fantasy football leagues. Uh, Well, you know, I don't know if you guys saw me about an hour and a half ago. I was crying because I have Monroe St. Brown on like half my teams. So, yeah, that was that. That's a tough one. But luckily, uh, luckily, you know what? I haven't been hit too hard with uh, injuries. I really went hard for uh, wide receivers early this year. Didn't. and and I think that's that's paying off so far. And uh, though I don't have enough Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, <laughs> does so, anybody really? Yeah. <laughs> it's you know what? It's the people who are like uh, who who said, oh no no no, I'm just going to get my guy, and it's like I'm going to get Josh Allen, and or it's the Philly fans grabbing Jalen Hurts. Those are the ones yeah. that, that I got a little. I, in fact, I do remember there was one uh, with mutual friend Bo McBrayer uh with him and, and Scott Simpson that were in the league together and I grabbed Jalen Hurts and and then I grabbed Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard almost back to back and 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 Bo like sends in the chat he's like are they gonna throw enough looks like they <laughs> <Right>. are <laughs> <laughs> looks like but no it's been it's it's already been a phenomenal season uh plenty of tilting but plenty of plenty of fun and uh hey god bless fantasy football Absolutely. You know, it wouldn't be as fun without the tilting, Jorge. Oh, God. No, come on. You don't. In, who's going to enjoy going thir- you know, 14 and 0 and just winning every week? No, that's just, no, you need the tilting. You need yes. the trash talking. You need to get, you need to get your butt handed to you every once in a while. And uh, though I, I know there's one in particular, one, one league that I'm playing with uh, several experts uh, in Mexico. And, and so I'm zero and three and just getting drilled. I mean, it, like I'm, I'm losing. I'm losing. Uh, like I either I've either lost getting drilled or lost like a shootout, and it's just <sighs> no fun. No fun. So it's all good. It's all good. I'm more. I'm I'm above water and I'm more than te- more teams than not. So good. Uh, Glad to hear it, man. Uh, Jorge, this is your first time on the In Between Fantasy Football podcast. Here, could you tell us a little bit about your work and what you do over there at Familia FFB, please? Yeah, Familia FFB. We're in season three right now, and uh, you know, launched it basic basically as a uh, uh, kind of a uh, little bit of a family argument that started out that started over fantasy football at Christmas. Uh, we had tamales, we had beer, and we had fantasy football because we all have a very ultra competitive fantasy football league. And I thought, I think this could be interesting. So I launched it with a couple of my primos, my cousins, and uh, you know, we for about the first year it was it was pretty much all you know the family arguments and been branching out a little bit more one of the one of my my cousins took a step back he he, uh he didn't have time for to be on the show anymore so i've been bringing on guests uh doing i'm going to be introducing some other stuff here and there uh little preview looking at something with uh possibly with major league baseball players and and retired players who are very into fantasy football so little preview that that's going to be coming up uh and uh but yeah no it's it's just uh you know 
wanting to have more voices uh being Mm -hmm. you know being in the fantasy football community and i I just i I didn't see a lot i didn't see a lot of latino voices uh i saw some people like exclusively doing it in spanish which i've i bonded with and we all bonded with in camp absolutely uh mauricio gutierrez and his wife Gemma and alex orellana and uh but i just thought i'd do it a little bit on on the english side so we've got a we got a site familiaffb.com but uh youtube channel familia ffb everything is familia ffb and uh i always like to call it fantasy football with a little latin flavor absolutely well we love that man we're a big fan of what you guys are doing over there so keep at it jorge today we have some start sit questions for you if anyone's in the chat and you do have some start sit questions go ahead and bring those up for us and we will go ahead and answer those um we have one here from dave right now let's go ahead and answer dave um should she so he's talking about his daughter here uh his daughter rowan i believe wanted to start golf this week but saint brown news hit her hard russell wilson has been dragging her team down for three weeks should she start golf anyways or stick with russell wilson who cannot cook jorge i'll let you start this one our our friend what do you feel what advice can you give to one of dave's sneaky girls well, uh, you know, one of the things that I look at this one, they're both going up against bad defenses. That's that that's the tough part. The the Raiders have just been getting thrown on like like crazy. So, and I'm remembering week 1 where where Russ threw for 340 against Seattle uh in Seattle. So this game is in Vegas, so it's going to be on the turf, so it, weather's not going to be an issue. On the other side, you got Goff. The 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 Detroit Lions have just been playing shootouts. And 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 going back, this is back in Seattle. This is a home game, you know. I, uh, you know, it, it's it, it's a tough one. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna trust in the fact that that you, man, it's a tough one. It, it's a really tough one. Uh, I, you know what? I'm going I'm going Russell Wilson because he's got he's at least got his number one receiver, Cortland Sutton, who's been getting who's been getting a target monster. He, I'm going to go with him as, because of the fact that he, at least he's got him, and it's still Russ. He's still got to be able to, um, to to do something. Maybe maybe it's all those sandwiches that he's been eating <laughs> I don't know, that that's been slowing him down. He's he's got to he's got to switch to tacos. Nate, what do you think about uh, about this question here? Where, where should Rowan go here at QB? Should she go with your guy Russ, or, or are you uh, taking the golf side here? I'm go- I, I think you stick with Russ this week. Uh, they're playing the Raiders. They've been a terrible defense. And look, Broncos country loves nothing more than to destroy yeah. the silver and black. This is just a completely different game when they play the Raiders. You can take everything you've seen during the season and throw it out the window. Russ is going to probably actually cook this week and not just in a microwave, guys. <laughs> There are definitely some weeks that, you know, some players this week that I've considered starting over Russ, but Jared Goff without ASRB, I I can't do it. So I'm with you guys here. I think stick with Russ. If he can't do it this week, then there's some cause for concern. Um, Got some new faces in the chat here, guys. Uh, We we got Ring Chasing. Hey, daddies, what's up, man? We appreciate that. Um, (laughs) We also have Chris Thompson here and a little fantasy cost we might need to play, guys. So, boys. I recently accepted a trade and it got vetoed, but I'm 3-0 in a PPR league. The trade was I get Barkley, Deontay Johnson, and Jacobs for Eckler, Debo, and Pierce. Should I have let that go through? Yes. Yeah. I I think like this comes back to, to the point where 
unless there's like collusion in your league, there should not be a veto. Um, and this is like definitely like I, I think the the one side with Barkley and Deontay Johnson is getting the better side, but you're still giving up two premier players in Eckler and Debo and Damian Pierce, I think, is better play at this point than Josh Jacobs is. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I think it's a really easy trade. I mean, mm-hmm. really even trade. But I mean, for one thing, veto the vetoes. Come on, man. No, let's. Mm-hmm. Let, let, there's, there's no need. If you really need a veto option in there, you got to question who you're playing with, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and 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 whether you should want to be in that league. I I agree, Chris. We hope yeah. this gets straightened out. We hope you're allowed to uh, to get this trade going through. Um, Good luck the rest of the way. If you have any more questions, make sure you drop them down for us. We got our guy Griff in the chat too. What's up, Griff? Good to see you down there in uh, in the Carolinas. We hope you're staying safe this weekend. We know that storm's approaching you, so uh, hope everything is going good for you. Start one for Griff here, guys. Elijah Moore, Ayuk, or Bateman. Wow. Very, very enticing here. Um, I think we have to throw Elijah Moore right out of the way. Zach Wilson coming back. We don't know what's happening with him. I love Brandon Ayuk this week, boys. I love Brandon Ayuk. I've never drank the Brandon Ayuk Colate either. I've never been like a huge Brandon Ayuk fan, but he's going up against the Rams who have been so susceptible to um, to opposing wide receivers. What do you guys think here? Where, where do you go, Nate, starting with you? I like the Ayuk call. For me, it's kind of between Bateman and Ayuk, but I'm going to go Ayuk. He's seeing consistent volume. We've got Jimmy G back. And like you said, this is against the Rams. They're – past defense hasn't been that good. Yep. I think this is a week where we see Ayuk maybe hit that 15 to 20 PPR point range. And he does have a 24% target share, 36.7 air yard share, which is 11th best in the NFL. So he's kind of almost like what we talked about with Chris Olave last week, Nate. He's getting the looks. It just hasn't really come through in a big way. Back-to-back games with over eight targets with Jimmy G at the helm. I like Ayuk. Um, I, I think Bateman is a big play waiting to happen, especially in this explosive game um, with the Baltimore Ravens. Jorge, where do you lean? I do lean. I do lean Ayuk. I think he's just getting more target volume. And I look at the fact that you're you're right. The Rams have given up a hundred yard receiver in every week. I mean, I I have had to watch it because they're my hometown team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, it's uh they're they he they, he's given up he's given up the yards. It's a home game. Uh, I do like Bateman, but he's just not getting the target volume a lot. Uh, you know, it it really is. He's he either blows up. He has the he has that uh big touchdown like he had against the I think it was against the Dolphins in that crazy game or he just goes quiet and gets like four targets so I just uh no Ayuk Ayuk all right we are pounding the floor for the for- former Sun Devil here we have another question from Ring Chasing. he just wants some feedback on his team here guys 10 team PPR QB Wilson he's got Jonathan Taylor Saquon Barkley Javante Williams Mike Evans Cortland Sutton Curtis Samuel Joshua Palmer Mike M- Matt Hollins Tight end Darren Waller and Njoku. Am I winning my Super Bowl and thoughts on my team? I really like this team a lot, Ring Chasing. The one thing I'll say is I I think I would want a little more wide receiver, like top end depth here. Um, I want one of those big name guys. Like I like Evans, I like Sutton, I like Samuels, but I don't think you have a, an elite like wide receiver, the, the top tier, the wide receiver ones. Because I still, just still think Mike Evans is the wide receiver one, but lower end. Uh, Jorge, any, any thoughts on, on this team here? Yeah, I think you could tell that he went he went JT and Barkley for one two, and then the <clears throat> those those premier wide receivers went in between. Uh, I like that. Um, I would probably try and pick up a, another quarterback. <clears throat> Sorry about that. 
just another quarterback to kind of uh, back up Wilson, just in case he come. You know, this this tough tough road kind of continues for him. I do like Waller as, as as the tight end, and Njoku is coming, so that's that's good. That could be some trade bait if if Njoku keeps coming up. That could be trade bait for an for a top end wide receiver. Well, do you trade Njoku or do you trade Waller? That's a very good question, well, there, because <clears throat> I might be tempted to move Waller if Njoku Njoku continues to see all the volume he's seeing. You'll get more for Waller. You'll definitely get more get for more Waller. Waller. That, that, that is true. I think mm-hmm. I would need to see what Njoku does here in the next week or two. But I think I think that's definitely a good idea, guys. Maybe get one of these tight ends off your team. Try to get, pair them with maybe like a Joshua Palmer or even a Cortland Sutton and try to take that next step. Go after one of those top wide receivers. I'll do anything right now for Stephon Diggs. I'll do anything for Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup. Like, I would. I don't have kids, but I'd sell them. I'd sell them if I could. If I could get them, guys. <laughs> Nate, I know you have a kid, so if he needs sold for Stephon Diggs, I'm doing it right now. So uh, th- that's where I stand on these top receivers, guys. <laughs> I'm quite. I'm, I'm holding off on se- on selling one of my three daughters, though. Every, there are days that they, that they take me on that last nerve. But I, I will say you're right, and and you know what? There, are, I think there are three depressed assets out there right now in fantasy. Uh, someone before I jumped on, I know Jamar Chase. Should we should buy low on him i think uh, you know justin jefferson uh, you know owners may be frustrated i think Devontae adams owners could be frustrated Mm. i think i think you could capitalize on one of those guys and get yourself some guys that 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 are really good i mean chase has a really good closing uh closing into the season and Devontae adams they're gonna be a shootouts every week because of that defense and because they're a good offense yeah i i absolutely agree with the analysis there jorge we got a question from albert Pick two, Devonta Smith, Chris Olave, Brandon Cooks, full point PPR. This one's not hard for me. Nate, where do you go? Olave. Two. We need two. Oh, Olave and Smith. I'm out on yeah. Cooks right now. That He's just, well, we all know. Or I actually like all three this week because I think I think Cooks is gonna is gonna do okay against the, the Chargers. But I, I think Smith and Olave. I mean, Olave, there's no Mike Thomas. There's no Michael Thomas, so it, he's he's going to see even more air yards across the pond. So yeah, give me those two, Devonte Smith. Who can you imagine how we were all tilting after Week One? Who those? I'm one of them yes. who had Devonte Smith, <laughs> and, yes. and and how we were high fiving ourselves last week. <laughs> so I actually put out a tweet after Week One. I said, you know, go buy Devonte Smith because I think he's a really nice buy low. And then I have people in my comments, oh, you're saying to sell Cole Komet after week when I said different circumstances, different team. So I love the call here, guys. That's a really nice – I want as much as I can get of that Jaguars-Philadelphia matchup here in week four. I think that's very intriguing. So Devonta Smith and uh, and Chris Olave here, I think it's very, very easy choice for you guys. Some more questions coming in, guys. Appreciate all the new faces uh, joining us today. If this is your first time over here at IBT, make sure you give us a like and a subscribe. Continue along with us as we bring you fantasy sports analysis all season long mixed with that feel-good lifestyle advice, baby. Here we got Cameron B. Hey, guys, in a 16-team full PPR league, is CMC worth trading? I'm thinking of offering him for either Chase or a Monra and an RB. Is that a fair slash smart move? His current RBs are CMC. Saquon, Kareem Hunt, Naeem Hines, Madison, current wide receivers, AJ Brown, Amari Cooper, Ayuk. I'm not going to go ahead and, and read the rest of them, but he's got a, he's got a, you know a lot of depth at wide receivers, but none of those top end guys we were talking about. And 
I put out a tweet yesterday, guys, that I would be trying to move any Carolina Panthers I have left just because this is a ship that is going down sinking. DJ Moore comes out yesterday in an interview. You know, it was kind of a toxic toxic question, but Matt Rule said that receivers need to get more open, and DJ kind of laughed almost like he knows he's getting open, you know? So I want out of the CMC business right now if I can get something really, really good. I would be willing to move him for either Chase or Monra and a, another solid RB. Um, I, I know we normally don't like to, you know, unconsolidate our rosters like that, Jorge. But are, are you willing to move CMC here? Oh yeah, absolutely. He's not getting the target volume that he that he, he's not going to get anywhere near 100 targets, which is what we expected him to have. Absolutely. Give me Chase. I mean, Chase is one of the guys. That I I went. He was one of my guys. I called him the wide receiver one this year. I'm not backing down off of that. Um, I think, I think big days are ahead coming up ahead for him and you're trading low on him. Yeah. I'm with Jorge here. You've got to get, you've got to move CMC at this point. <clears throat> he, he's on the field 80 to 90% of the time. He's just not getting the volume. This Carolina offense is terrible. At the end of the season, there might be one player I want in this offense. It might be LaVisca Chenault, but it also, I mean, a lot has to happen, but he seems to be getting more involved. Move CMC, get Amon Ron to running back, or get Chase. Because Chase, like Jorge said, Chase is going to go off. It's just a matter of time. Can yeah. I add one thing on Chase? Yes. Week, week, week 17, championship week, Buffalo at Cincinnati. I want every piece of that game. Yes. <laughs> yes sir. I've got Buffalo and Cincinnati guys all over my rosters this year. And I believe, if I remember correctly, I think CMC is going into Tampa and that tough run defense. So Very cool. Very cool. I like that looking down down the line there, Jorge. Very smart to do that. Um, ring chasing say, what about Javante Tay Williams? Should you trade him? No. I, I like Javante at least because he is top five in RB targets right now. Like he has a very safe floor in a in a time where running back floors are barren. So I think there's more left to Javante than we've seen so far this season, guys. I, I'm not opposed to trading him, but I, I'm not like looking to trade him. Nate, you're the Broncos insider here. What do you think? I don't trade him. This offense, what this offense in Denver looks like right now is not what it's going to look like in three, four weeks. And when you're getting into running towards the playoffs with your team, that's when Javante is going to start to see more volume and he's going to be probably an RB one over that stretch. And you want that. Don't move him now. I get it. You're not seeing what you want to see out of him yet. But don't move him. Yep. Yep. Jorge, are, are, are you in agreement there as well? 100%. I have so much Javante, and I'm just – I'm reminding myself to stay patient. Patient. Good days are coming. It's uh, – he. a lot of times he's my he's my RB2. So, yeah, just hang, hang tough with the Javante because he's such a good player. He's one of the leaders in broken tackle rate. And so those are the guys who end up coming out ahead. Yep. Yep. I agree with you there, Jorge. Here's another one from Chris. Um, Chris, it's a defensive question. Um, he's two and one in his league. His defense is Pittsburgh, but Philly's on the waiver wire as he speaks. But the only problem is Pitt, Pitt plays the Jets and he's number one in waiver. So basically he's asking, should he burn his number one priority for the Philadelphia Eagles? I'm going to say no, because Zach Wilson's coming in. We know Zach Wilson's going to throw probably an interception at least, maybe fumble the ball once. I, I don't think this is the same frisky Jets that we've seen lately, Nate. I don't think it's going to be the same frisky Jets. And I don't want to play anyone against the Jacksonville Jaguars offense right now. They're clicking. They're humming. Um, I think you're better off sticking with Pittsburgh here. Go out next week on, on free agency if you can and grab one without burning that number one priority. You want to hold on to that. Don't burn that for a defense here, Chris. 
Yeah, I agree. Pittsburgh's yep. going to be fine. Yep. Never burn it. Never burn it for a defense. And I, I think the other thing I'd want to add is that uh, that the Jets are on like their fourth left tackle. So yes. Pittsburgh and, and the game is, and the game it, it, Pittsburgh's going to be throwing the house at, at Zach Wilson. So he's going to be running for his life. If you're playing in any IDP leagues, look out for Cam Hayward this week. I think yes. this we haven't really seen it so far without TJ Watt, but I think Cam Hayward, I think he's going to bring the house this weekend. Um, love the question, though, Chris. Appreciate yep. you tuning in today. Um, here we go. We got Jack here. Half PPR, start one at flex. Devonta, Cooks, Pollard, or Burks? And I think you know we, we just actually kind of answered a similar question. For me, it's Devonta Smith. I want everything I can get, get with that Jacksonville and Philadelphia game. Jaguars, they've looked better on defense here, but I think Devonta Smith, we saw what the upside is, and none of these players on this board have the upside that Devonta Smith has here in week four. What do you say, Jorge? Oh, I, I, I'm tempted to Pollard because he gets the 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 targets out of the backfield, but Devonta Smith, I think he's going to be on a run right now, and uh, yeah, they're going to be they're going to be passing plenty on 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 this weekend. It's going to be it's going to be a big game. It's gonna be a big game for the for Hertz Cooks. I mean, Hurt Hertz, Devonte, and uh, AJB. Okay, Nate, are you with us as well? Going back yes. to Devonta. Yep. All right, we got Mr. Scamper saying good morning. Good morning to you, Mr. Scampers. It's afternoon on the East Coast, but we appreciate you tuning in nonetheless. And I will say real quick on Pollard, Jorge. I had a great little parlay ripping on Monday. I was feeling good, um, and then all I needed was two receptions from Pollard. He didn't have one. So uh, Pollard, I've never been a Pollard guy. He's back to that camp with me. Um, he ruined my little parlay there. Um, <sighs> another one here from Jack, half PPR guys. Trade away Saquon for Mark Andrews. No way in hell. Nope. I, could, I, I don't know what you can move Saquon for at this point. I mean, he is, in my opinion, a top three back the rest of the way here, guys. Yeah, I wouldn't move him. I, Andrews is as close as I'd, I'd go, but, man, he's going to be so valuable in the second half of the season and in the playoffs. Yep. Yep. I agree there. A um, couple more here for you, Jorge. We're not getting too much through our list, but that's all right. We love to help people uh, answer some yeah. questions here heading into week four. Another Devonta Smith question, guys. A popular name out there. Start Devonta Smith or Christian Kirk this weekend. Half point PPR. This is where I go the other way here. You know, this is where I go with Christian Kirk. It is just so safe of a floor, and we haven't seen the true explosion game yet for him. I ride with Trevor Lawrence's number one target here rather than Jalen Hurts' number two, but I love both options, guys. I'm with you on this. Christian Kirk, this is crazy, <clears throat> ranks third on pro, uh, PFF in offensive grades for wide receivers so far this season. Zay Jones is fourth. Yep. Wow. I still I still lean Devonta though because I think Christian Kirk is going to get the Darius Slay treatment, and that's and I think that's going to slow him down. Okay. And it's, yeah, yeah, the game being in Philly that, too. That is smart. That is I. It's true. Slay has played really, really great so far this season. <laughs> we saw him shut down Jefferson in Week Two, Jorge. So that is a a very interesting one. We're split here a little bit. Nate and I say are still going with the safe safeness of Kirk. Zay Jones is a little banged up right now too, guys. Um, but Jorge, he likes what Devonta Smith is doing. He's going that way. Guys, keep bringing in the questions. We'll get to them here a little bit later in the show. We're going to bring in our, in our next guest here in just a couple minutes. But Jorge, thank you so much for joining us today, man, making time for us on your busy Friday afternoon. Can you tell us one more time where the IBT listeners, where, where our viewers can go and support you 
for the rest of the entire 2022 fantasy football season, please. Oh, well, thank you guys. Thank you guys for having me. It's always a pleasure to hang out with you guys. I don't, I don't get to, I don't get to chat with you as much. Uh, you, best place to find me at Jorge Martin 17 on Twitter. And also our YouTube channel is Familia FFB. So please give us a like and subscribe. A uh, few people on here, Albert and Mr. Scampers are our regulars in there. So uh, thank you guys for uh, tuning in and, uh, but yeah, keep, keep an eye on us there. We also have an audio version and FamiliaFFB.com uh, for our website. Fantastic. Guys, go over there, support Jorge, support his familia. Jorge, we'll, we'll see you here soon, man. Keep it real out there. Stay safe out there this weekend, my friend. Salud, brothers. Take care, Thank mis you. hermanos. Appreciate Adios. it, Jorge. What an absolute gentleman that guy is. Let me tell you, Nate. I, 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 lights I up love the man. Room. Lights up yes. the room, man. So I yes. cannot thank Jorge for joining us. Um, we're going to jump into some short things, sleepers of the week, Nate. Um, we have another awesome guest coming on right around the drop. So let's go ahead and kick it with one more groovy little drop here from a guy, Nate Miller. It's the short thing. Sleepers of the week. All right. This is your thing. This is our sure thing, sleepers of the week. Nate, we did it last week, man. We came through big time. We had the wide receiver six on tap for everyone. We gave him Chris Olave. That was my sure thing, sleeper of the week last week. And you had a really good one, too. You had tight end 13 here, Cameron Bright. He put up double-digit points. Um, so congrats to you. Congrats to me. Congrats to anyone who listened last week because we're going to continue to find these bottom-the-barrel people that you can plug into your lineups each and every week as your pivot starts here. Um, Nate, so far on the season, my friend, you lead the scoreboard. You have two of your three sleepers of the week have hit. I've hit once this season out of three times, and our guests, they've hit zero times. I will say, though, they were about to hit. Sterling Shepard got hurt last year, mm. last week for a, a quiche. Um, so, you know, he, he didn't really hit, hit that, but they've been close multiple times. So we're not leaving you out to dry. Um, I, I think they're, they're averaging something around seven PPR points per game. Um, our guest sleepers of the week. So let's go ahead and bring in our next guest and see if he can get the guest back in the winning column this week. And I think he can, Nate, because this is a, not only a great analyst, a great person out there doing good in the world, and someone that I always call up when we have a late-minute scratch. So uh, he's my side piece, if you want to call him that. He's our guy, <laughs> the amazing Eric Romoff. What's up, Eric? Happy Friday. Oh, man. What's going on, guys? This is a uh, this is a side piece status that I am happy to wear. I will <laughs> I will always be here. Um and and yeah, I mean, uh, what what IBT is doing is is fantastic. So if it's side piece status for a while, totally cool with it. Um, I'll uh, I'll get to bottom B status before we know it. <laughs> you're that you're that late night number I hit up on my cell phone, Eric. You know, hash like I'm texting you. You up? You know, late late night. Yeah, what's going on? Oh, I just need a guest tomorrow, buddy. <laughs> Always. I'm gonna have to like take a shower after this show. Come on, knock it off, here. <laughs> dirty. Eric, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, how's the, the weather over there in Texas? You staying uh, staying dry over there? Yeah, yeah. Actually, we uh, we just got like our first sniff of like cool weather. It's not oppressively hot for the first time in like six months. So very nice. Enjoying it. It's uh, it's officially fall. We get like ten days of fall around here. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we, we hope you enjoy your ten days. You got about nine left after today, so get after it. Go rake up those leaves. Jump in there. Get your pumpkin spice latte on, my friend. Oh. Eric, we do have some questions for you. Um, before we jump into some short things, sleepers of the week, if that's all right. 
Yeah, let's hit it. All right, first one here from Cameron B. He's calling it a lame kicker question. Kickers matter too, Cameron. Don't forget that. Dustin Hawkins, should he drop him for Kaimi Fairbairn? Kaimi's been decent this year. Um, Eric, what do you think about these kickers here? Yeah, this is a lame question. Sorry, Cameron. Um, but for for me, I'm like I'm insta fade on the Chargers kickers at all time, right? Like yeah. uh, Staley hasn't gone for it quite as much as he did last year, but they still go for it on a pretty consider a considerable amount of plays. And on the other side, Lovey Smith and this Texans offense is about as conservative as it gets. So um, you know, with with that, if they're in scoring position, they have a hard time converting those into touchdowns they're going to put a lot of them up for field goal attempts so i'll i'll lean on the fair baron side yeah i'm I, i'm with you here I, I just don't think there's enough upside with the chargers kickers i would probably look for like a different kicker in general if there is someone out there but like you said lovey smith he is that conservative coach there um i, I lean that way too nate are you are you riding the uh kami fair baron train here yeah for, i mean for all the reasons you guys said fair baron's the pick here okay and then we got a question here from Ring Chase, and he's active on the trade market today. We appreciate him tuning in today. Uh, Javante Williams and Najoku for Diggs. So he brought up earlier, should he trade Javante? And we said, you know, don't go out of your way. Like, I think there's better days ahead for Javante. However, if I can get Stephon Diggs for Javante, I am absolutely doing that. Stephon Diggs, to me, is a top three receiver rest of the way. He's getting insane volume. He has insane efficiency. And the upside is there each and every week. I'm smashing that accept button, Eric. Where do you lean? Yeah, as, assuming this is redraft, I'm I'm absolutely in lockstep with you. I'm I'm certainly taking the dig side. Um, I was never really on the the Javante Williams bandwagon as it was. I, I thought that Melvin Gordon would have a role to play, and so far he has. Um, so to get a guy that will be top three or five just about every single week at the wide receiver position, it's it's just too much to pass up. Give me give me digs. Yep. We have another one here from Jack. Jack also been active on the trade market today. Congratulations to you, Jack. He's got an offer coming in. Mixon and Mike Will for his Jonathan Taylor. Wow, this is a good one. This is a good one. I, I think this is going to come down to like roster construction. Like, who do you have at receiver that you can just give away Mike Williams with um with Joe Mixon here? Or I guess he's getting uh Mixon and Mike Williams. Nate, what do you think about this one? This one's tough because because this is the number one player in fantasy we're talking about, or perhaps who was drafted to be the number one player. Well, Mike Williams is such a roller coaster. <clears throat> You're going to get points out of him consistently, but if you can move him and Mixon, we just talked about, we're kind of not... 100% sure what's going on there. He's he's getting those two. He's getting those two for J. Oh, you're getting those two. Yeah, I wouldn't make that deal. I'm 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 hanging on to Taylor. I don't I just don't think that Mixon and Mike Williams are going to give you the return that you it's, need to move It's Jonathan volatile. Taylor. It's very yeah. volatile. I think you can get more for Jonathan Taylor. Eric, do you agree with Nate and I here? Man, that was the exact point that I was going to bring up. If you if you want to ship off Jonathan Taylor, you can probably get a considerable amount more. Yeah. Um, and also, he's been fine. He's RB10 on total points. I think he's like RB14 on points per game. But the the cream will rise to the top, right? Like, he will regress to the, to the mean that got him to his projection over the course of the remaining games of the season. So he's going to have a lot more big games in his future because he's coming off of some so-so games to open the season. So you're 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 sending out a lot of uh, you know, RB1, elite RB1 productivity 
uh, at, at a price tag that's probably a little bit too cheap for my liking. I'm completely there with you guys. Here we have an update here in the chat from Mr. Scamper saying Hollywood Brown surprised limited practice for him today with a foot injury. So that's not good to hear. We've got Swavy P, JP, Swavy JP in the chat. What's up, Swavy? Hope you're having an awesome feel good Friday. We appreciate you tuning in over here on the IBT YouTube channel. Start one here, guys. Pittman or Sutton? Pittman's going up against Tennessee Titans. Sutton has a great matchup in Las Vegas. But as we talked about earlier this week and last week, it's a spooky offensive time over there in Denver. Eric, where do you lean? Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Pittman here. Um, the Titans have allowed, I believe it's the fifth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. And to your point about the the spooky season for uh, for Denver, right? Like if you already have Russ, you've got some exposure to that. To then yeah. stack that up with Sutton, you know, if the if the if the downside of that range of outcomes comes to pass, then you know you're 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 bottomed out for having both those players in your starting lineup. Yep, I I, I think my my best advice if you're going to roll out Russ, don't go with the stack this week if you have an option like Pittman. If we if we see something from Russ, if we see something from the Broncos offense that tells us otherwise, then maybe go back to the stack, but. Pittman, to me, is almost like an auto start at this point. He's been great in all the games he's played here. Uh, Nate, are you rolling with us as well there? You know I love Michael Pittman. <laughs> yeah, yes, I'm you with do. you guys. Yes, you do. All right. Well, Eric, we're going to start with you today for sure, Things Sleepers of the Week. Can you bring us the fire? Uh, again, our guest pickers, they've been great. They've pat. Um, we had Akash on last week. Um, and I, I can't even remember who we, we had, uh, Ryan Weiss on week one and they've all been re- like solid plays, but we're looking for 10 PPR points or more from a sleeper this week or a top 15 quarterback performance. Who do you got for us? Ramoff? Yeah. So this week I have to look at the other side of the game that we just talked about, uh, for the Tennessee Titans. I'm going with Traylon Burks as my sleeper. Uh, every single week we've seen his involvement in this offense walk up and up and up last week. He ran a route on 96.4% of Ryan Tannehill's dropbacks. So he very much so is getting more and more familiar with this offense, and his role is increasing more and more. It's just that the production hasn't quite caught up to that yet. So in my mind, that is coming. And this is really a week where it feels like it's all coming together. I mentioned that the Titans are fifth in points allowed to opposing wide receivers. They're six to in points allowed to opposing running backs. They're six to opposing quarterbacks. Really, just about everybody except for the tight end just has a field day going against these Tennessee Titans. So I think that the Colts are going to be able to get out to a pretty considerable lead relatively quickly. And that means garbage time and catch up mode for the Titans. And I think a lot of that work is going to go Traylon Burks' direction. And he was just short of his first career touchdown last week. So He's close. been making been making the plays happen. So I like this call here from Eric Traylon Burks. Nate, any thoughts on Burks here? Because I think Eric read the game flow exactly how I predict this going as well. You're muted, Nathan. I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with you guys on this. I, I, this is a good play this week. You know that Traylon Burks is going to get volume and wide receiver one volume at some point. This seems like a good week for it. I mean, Indy's not a great team. Tennessee's even worse. They're probably going to be playing from behind. Yep. 
I like it, Eric. I, I think this is an opportunity for, for our guest picker to finally hit that mark, get in the wind column here. And we got another uh, uh, chat here from Swaby JP. Thanks. Just sub to y'all. Y'all are at 300. Let's go. We appreciate that, Swaby JP. We appreciate all the IBT family out there who's helped us get to this number. It has been a climb, Nate, but we are going to continue to help here. Um, this will only be getting, my friend. We thank Swaby JP, though, for getting us to 300. Yeah, thanks, man. That's awesome. Uh, just Make sure you're tuning in every week. Absolutely. Good stuff for you. Absolutely. Nate and I are here on Tuesday nights, Friday afternoons, and then Connor and I are back on Sunday mornings as well. So, Nate, Eric here, he's going with Traylon Burks, a rookie. Who do you have for us here for your Sure Thing Sleeper of the Week? So, I'm going with somebody we've already talked about. I have talked about this guy ad nauseum this week, and there's a reason why. David Njoku is about to explode guys explode he is second on the browns in targets behind only amari cooper behind amari cooper he's second in receptions on the team behind amari cooper he's second in yards on the team behind amari cooper this week they're going up against an atlanta defense that is awful against tight ends they're the second worst defense in fantasy against the tight end position and jacoby Brissett kind of found his groove with njoku last week i think that's what we needed to see to see him continue to be more involved in this offense. And against Atlanta this week, I mean, he could be tight in three on the week against this team. I, I like the play, Nate. I, I have nothing to really add to you. I think you, you you threw it out greatly. I'm excited to see if Brissett can keep it up because when he was targeting Cooper and Njoku, he was a very efficient passer against my Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, I like it here. Eric, any thoughts on the Joker? Yeah, I would just double down on, on Nate's point, right? We saw him put up almost a 24 spot last week, nine for 89 and one. Uh, Jacoby has made his career a fringe starter on just absolutely peppering tight ends with targets. Yep. And this week, that, that matchup against Atlanta is so juicy. They're allowing tight ends to catch 79.2% of their targets. Basically, if you're throwing to a tight end against Atlanta, they're going to haul it in. So love, love Njoku to keep it going this week. Awesome. We love that call from you, Nate. Here we got a question from Albert. DJ Charker, Josh Reynolds, a deep sleeper with Amon Ra? Yeah, I, I absolutely think both of them. It's a great matchup. I like DJ Chark more here. But Nate, you've uh, you've hinted at Josh Reynolds here a couple of weeks ago in our uh, in the scope segment. Yeah, I like Josh Reynolds, but I think DJ Chark is the play here because he's probably going to see that wide receiver one volume with Amon Ra out. Maybe Hawk is a good fringe play too, but I haven't been big on Hawkinson. But if you were going deep, Josh Reynolds is a great deep pick. I think he'll see six, seven targets this week, eight, maybe. So, something I do like about the Lions this week, too, when it comes to betting, um, TJ Hawkinson now with a, uh, Mon Ross St. Brown out, I like him for possibly a first uh, first touchdown score of the game in that one. Um, it's currently plus 1,000. So that's one I, I sprinkled a little bit on it today, just kind of looking through through some games due to some injuries. So something to keep in mind there. I, I like that call, though, with Hawkinson. Um, any thoughts on Chark here, Reynolds, Hawkinson, uh, bets, anything like that, Eric? Yeah, I, I think it just I, it's important to say that this is, a, this is a situation to keep a very close eye on. Just about every single pass catcher for the Lions is carrying a Q next to their name. Um, there's reporting out of Detroit that sounds like Amon Ra might actually, there might be some optimism around his ability to play. So this is going to be one where you you have to keep a close eye on it. Um, in terms of in a vacuum, I mean, if, if Hawk goes 
and Amon's out, I think he probably steps forward as the recipient of those vacated targets. Yeah, it hasn't been a, a pretty season for TJ Hawkinson. Maybe he gets it going here in week number four. Guys, I'll go ahead and take us home and round us out with my sure thing sleeper of the week here in week four. And it comes back to my guy. I called it. I, uh, okay, I'm not victory lapping on this, but I will say <laughs> on the Sunday morning show, I said, hey, go throw out an anytime TD score on Mac Hollins. And baby, it came through for me. It was at plus 450. So it wasn't crazy odds, but we grabbed it. Um, Last week, and, and I'm going to probably grab another one again, take him on. It will be a little bit shorter of odds, but I will take it, him there, and I'll put him in some lineups as well this week, guys. First of all, something to know about Matt Collins is, like, a lot of people don't really know who he is. He was pretty good with the Dolphins last year. He was that guy you're always hoping for a touchdown from Waddle, and Hollins was the one kind of stealing it. But he's, like, a self-proclaimed goofball Um he like runs to practice every day. So like the Raiders love this guy. They made him a team captain. Josh McDaniels, that entire coaching staff loves him. And even before Hunter Renfro was out in week two, he saw eight targets, got 66 yards on five catches. I really like to see that. And then last week we saw the absolute explosion without Hunter Renfro 11 for 158 and a clutch fourth and goal touchdown for Mac Hollins here. Renfro hasn't practiced yet this week. I, I don't know if he's practicing today, but I know as of Thursday, he was not. Um, and Denver, they're going to come at, at Devontae Adams with Patrick Sertain, probably about 70% of the time is what I'm seeing. Um, when Devontae Adams goes to the slot, I don't expect Sertain to shadow him in the slot. He's not really a great sh- slot corner. Um, but basically you got, you know, 70% of this game where Devontae Adams could be locked up by Sertain opening the door for Mac Hollins here. Um, I really like w- what he could do here. And the Broncos, they are the number one team against fantasy wide receivers. So people are kind of downgrading Hollins and this entire passing offense. But keep in mind who Denver's played, guys. Geno Smith, Davis Mills, and Jimmy Garoppolo. So like not world-beating quarterbacks by any type of stretch here. Um, so I, th- I think Mac Hollins is going to come in here and light it up here. If Renfro's out, if he's in, I think he's still a sneaky flex play as well. And the Broncos have actually allowed 9.3 PPR points per game to number two wide receivers. We saw it with uh, Nico Collins. We've seen it with a couple different guys who have showed up in that number two role for uh, or against the Denver Broncos here. So what do you guys think about Matt Collins here? I'm riding the gravy train once again this week. I like it. Even against a pretty solid Denver secondary, I still like it. This team's not going to change their identity against the Broncos. They're a throw first team. And Mac Hollins without Hunter Renfro is going to get a lot more volume. And I, I yeah, I like it. I'm yeah. a little bit more bearish on it. Okay. Um, <laughs> at least for me, I, I think the important thing to state here is that um, we we should we should hedge expectations, right? Uh, you you mentioned his stat line not from last week where he exploded, but from the week prior, hauled in five for sixty six. Yep. I think that is a more reasonable outcome for. Matt Collins in week number four, as I don't know what day it is. <laughs> um, the, the the thing for me is this this secondary for for the for the Broncos is is really stout, right? Like he's going to see the majority of his time either facing Ronald Darby or Patrick Sertain. Your your point is fair that they haven't faced off against elite quarterbacks yet, but when they are having targets thrown their way or passes thrown their way. They're allowing catches on only 47 and 57% of those targets. So pretty solid 
um, uh, defensive secondary that he has to go up against. But the the point that really persists is the one that Nate closed off with. This team throws the ball a ton, like seventy plus percent of plays. So yeah. I think that he'll get a good a good number of looks. I think that'll haul in a a handful of them. So that kind of like ten to thirteen point range is where I've got him projected. Yep, I, I I agree with you there with with you there, Eric. I don't think it's going to be the huge explosion once again for Collins or Hollins, but I think he could maybe get in the end zone. I think he can mix it up here. Um, Eric, you have a, a couple a little couple extra minutes for we got a couple more questions here from some new faces yeah, in the chat. Let's go. Awesome. All right, we got Michael Alexander. What's up, Mike? Hope you're having a great Friday afternoon. We appreciate you tuning in today to IBT. Connor or Juju Smith here in your flex full PPR. I'm guessing he's meaning James Connor, Juju Smith Schuster here. Oh wow, that's a that's a tough one here, Eric. You got got to lean one way or the other here. Yeah, I'd probably lean towards Connor, assuming that we don't see any reporting about uh, you know his workload being limited or, or anything to that effect. Um, you know, we over the last few years have really thought about Tampa Bay as this stout run defense, and and rightfully so, they're very difficult uh, to run the ball against. But this year with Todd Bowles at the at the helm as the head coach. They are just a stout defense, period. It is a very, very difficult out for uh, for all for all opposing offenses. There are plenty of options that can catch the ball in Kansas City. And James Conner, I'd like him to actually get back to kind of 2021 form where he's taking the vast majority of this workload. He's getting a lot of touchdown and scoring opportunities. So as long as he's not limited, I'll err on the Conner side. I completely agree with you here, Eric, and I think it's exactly what you said. Like this defense for the Buccaneers has been stout. The totals for them from Vegas have been like so low too, and like it makes sense. Like there hasn't been a lot of high-scoring Buccaneers games that we've been seeing in the past. They do play a zone defense, so like I do think Juju's going to get more of his looks like he did in Week One and Three than than what we saw in Week Two against man coverage. But still, I agree with you here. I think Connor has the better floor and a little bit more upside here as well. Um, so for Michael, I'm saying go Connor. Eric saying go Connor. Nate, what do you say here? You guys said everything I was going to say. It's Connor for me. Perfect, perfect. A couple more questions here as we round out the show here. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Please make sure you guys hit that like and subscribe button. We'll continue to help you out all season long. Brian Robinson, James Cook, or Jalen Warren rest of season? Really good question here from Ricky Rodriguez here. Nate, what do you what do you think about this one? Obviously, Brian Robinson, we're expecting him maybe back in week five, maybe week six, but he should be back soon. James Cook's taking on a little bit more of a role. And Jalen Warren, he, he really just seems like a change of pace handcuff guy for Najee. I'm going Cook here. We're seeing him get more involved. He's been efficient. We were worried after week one when his first touch was a fumble. That obviously is not a concern to Brian Dabble, that coaching staff. I think by end of season, he's a solid RB2 flex play. Uh, I think we're already seeing him kind of start to work into that territory. I'm going Cook on this. Eric? This one's really tough. Um, it's between Robinson and, and Cook for me. Um, really, for all of the points that, that Nate brought up on, on Cook, I do think we see him continue to take a step forward. And he... I mean, he, he basically is cemented as their pass catching back already. If he starts to chip away into that early down work, I do think that, um, that, that, that day will come and we'll see that happen more and more over the course of time. Brian Robinson is a bit more of a lottery ticket for me. I mean, mm-hmm. we haven't really seen much apart from kind of week one out of this commander's backfield that, you know, would indicate that anyone's really going to stand in his way, but there's a lot of uncertainty, right? Will he be, 
as fast, as explosive. You know, will it take him longer to recover um, uh, than you know we're we're hearing out now. So if you're just looking for someone that you can throw on the back of your bench and maybe they bump into RB two territory by the end of the year, I'd probably err on the side of Robinson. If you're looking for someone that can contribute in the next, you know, call it three to five weeks in that sort of flex fringe RB two category, I'd go. I'd go with Cook. Okay. I appreciate that insight there, guys. couple more here for us as we round it out. Mr. Scamper is asking, half PPR, Curtis Samuel at Dallas, Dylan at New England, Singletary at Baltimore. This is a tough one. This is a really, really tough one. A.J. Dylan has not been great the last couple weeks, but I think they're going to be up so much in this one against Brian Horn and the boys. He's going to get a lot of run. I think Dylan actually has the He's going to be good for probably 10 PPR points, regardless of matchup rest of season here. Um, so that's my advice. If you need the upside, go for Dylan. If you're looking for the floor, go for Samuel. Eric, do you have any uh, anything you would add to that? I, I would just expound on on your points. It's it's Dylan for me as well. Um, Curtis Samuel is actually someone that I like a lot. I've been touting him uh, since week one, where it's time to pick him up. They want to get him involved in this offense, but this week in particular, his matchup is one that is very tough for opposing slot receivers. So. I'm actually looking to make other plans from from Samuel in general, and in this case, it means going with Dylan. Awesome, awesome. Appreciate that insight there, Eric. Nate, round us out here. Um, Where do you roll? I'm rolling Dylan. Everything you guys said, but I think that Dylan's ceiling is higher this week against New England, and I think he's going to get a lot of junk time, and I think he's going to catch a few passes. Yep, I agree there. Um, last one here for us, I think, today, guys. A really good show, guys. Hey, we appreciate that, Lucius. Appreciate you tuning in today. Thanks for the insight. Only one question I have left was, what do you think about Kamara versus Fournette rest of season? This is a tough one. These are both guys I expected to be up in that, you know, leading the bar for them. I worry about the just the in, entire Tampa Bay offense a little bit because of that offensive line. So I'm a little bit more down on Lenny than I've been in the past. And I've been the biggest Lenny guy out there, I think, honestly. I, last year, I loved him, had him everywhere, recommended people had him everywhere. This is tough, though. Like, Kamara, Mark Ingram's there, and Mark Ingram is going to take some of the goal line work away from him. But I still think you got to go Kamara here rest of the season. I think it's a little bit higher of a floor. Um, but I, I think they're both, you know, solid back end RB ones rest of the way. Nate, any thoughts on it? I'm worried about Alvin Kamara. <clears throat> we talked about it last time on my player profiler show. He might be what Zeke was last season, where he's just enough to get you points, but it's not the sexy Kamara you're used to seeing. And I kind of I I'm I like Liddy in this offense. They don't have a whole lot else going on. Everybody's dinged up. Their quarterback's like a thousand years old and it's starting to finally show. I think they're going to have to start leaning on Lenny a little bit more. And I think he's got more gas in the tank than Kamara does. Okay. So you would take Leonard Fournette here. Eric, split the difference. I get to split the difference. This is why I am officially side piece status. Yes, I'm actually baby. going, I'm, I'm actually going for, for that main piece status with Nate. I'm, <laughs> I'm taking Leonard Fournette here. Um, he's he's just got such a big role in this offense. Eighty-five uh, percent opportunity share, uh, number one in route participation. He's running a route on seventy percent of Tom Brady's drop packs. Right, like the role that we wanted him to have when we drafted him is very much so what he's getting, if not potentially more. And your point about the Tampa Bay offense is fair, but I think that's more circumstantial. Right, as they start to get 
Mike mm-hmm. Evans back this week as Chris Godwin gets healthy and back on the field. I think we see this offense start to take a bit of a step forward. And when that happens, a player that's getting that is this heavily involved in an offense that is starting to score again um, will pay dividends. So I'll I'll go the uh, the Fournette side and relegate myself to just late night <laughs> text from Seth instead of FaceTime. <laughs> I call me. you before the sun goes down, Eric. Come on, this is true. <laughs> Yeah, I got to get a little boozed up to text Eric, you know, (laughs) but man, I I agree with you there. Actually, like very, very fair points from Eric. Um, Appreciate your insight today, man. Eric, why don't you tell our uh, listeners and our viewers today where they can find you and support you for the rest of the fantasy football season? Yeah, all of that rolls up into my Twitter at fantasy nav. I will never not be bad at pointing to my uh, handle down there. Uh, My work is over at drrotor.com i do a weekly start sit that is live and it is free it's not behind the paywall i also do a weekly best bets spoiler alert i like the Colts to win by a lot um, okay. and then every saturday night over on the football diehards you can check out me and jamie calandra we're going game by game to get you what you need for the dfs slate and my passion project green screens media is up and running you can check us out get green screens on twitter or green screens media on youtube Awesome. Eric, well, we appreciate everything you do for this industry, man. We appreciate you tagging along today. I appreciate you also including me in pros and Joes, but I am 0-3, my friend, so I'm going to need a little bit of help <laughs> no, here. The waivers running early in the week get me every week, honestly. Dude, I'll be right. honest. So uh, I got to get better on that one on my end. It's it's not like I give you guys like four reminders, right? How about it? How about it? Yeah, I, I, I'm the worst. <laughs> Eric's the best. We know that. Um, Nate, I appreciate you being here as well, man, taking time out of your Friday. Thank you to everyone who's tuned in with us all episode long, all week long. Please hit that like, hit that subscribe button on whatever platforms you guys are listening to. It helps us go a long way here at IBT. Have a great weekend, everyone. Everyone down in Florida who's been affected by Hurricane Ian, We are our thoughts, our prayers are with you. Tua, get well soon as well, our friend. Take care, everyone. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you here in week five. Let's go. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice. 